episode nine, part two of the financial discussion podcast. Uh, it's a couple days later. I've listened to what I said and, and thought through a few things that I just didn't get to in there and overlooked or glossed over uh, that I just want to add in. And in, in no particular order, uh, first, um, my, my, my parents gave me the family vehicle, a family vehicle, in the middle of college. I went to college without a vehicle and then uh, was given an old, you know, 15-year-old car to drive for a couple years until it died. And then I, then I've bought cars largely on the open, basically on the open market. Since then, I had a car loan at one point in my 20s. I tend to drive kind of older vehicles. Currently, the the solution to to vehicle reliability is to have multiple older vehicles, which is a little weird strategy. But uh, that that seems to keep costs in check, actually, currently. I just have multiple unreliable vehicles rather than one super reliable vehicle. Uh, Yeah, that's been the vehicle strategy and sort of implicit in this whole thing what I didn't realize it in on topic of vehicles and I didn't ex- explicitly say in the last time around is that any uh, all my expenses I've, I've covered with 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 dollars on the open market um, except for when noted you know that's that's the imply that's that's implied but now it's explicit uh, yeah, a major, moving on, a major uh, privilege that, I, that I've got on here has been my health. Other than a, a knee blowout in 2002, early, early on in my working life, I, I've been largely healthy. And that knee blowout, end of a ski season, kind of a classic skier issue, tore my ACL, broke my tibia, tore up some meniscus partially tore MCL, like the full deal in that knee and associated the, the recovery and, and surgery and associated surgery recovery cost me uh, the summer job. And it was, a, it was important at the time. My, my desire to work in the outdoors was, was to work as a backcountry ranger. And I had a sort of a big leap forward in my career coming that summer. And again, I had to pass on that job. And that, that was a pretty significant career setback at the time and I've since changed uh, changed tracks significantly into guiding and, and can sort of attribute some of that change in track to that injury so in some ways it was a positive for, for what, I, what I'd like to be doing now but it, uh, it was also a financial setback at the time. Other than that though I've been quite healthy uh, no chronic illnesses no major injuries. I've lost. Yeah, you know, this is total ballpark, but I have to estimate that I've lost like 20 days of work in since since that knee injury to, to, to illness or injury, uh, and those are kind of normal things: a little a cold, the flu, uh, knee pain. I had a tendon, elbow tendonitis issue. It's sort of normal stuff for a dude in his 40s who works with his body 
uh, but largely, you know, no major health concerns, which has been a great financial gift. Uh, I'm not spending a ton on health care, and I'm not missing a ton of work, and that has that goes a long way so far. That, as I age, that'll likely change. Uh, on the topic of setbacks, sort of owning that, that you know, the first round of this, I, I pointed out that that a major setback was my my divorces, my fight, my my romantic life is it can be is it you know attributable to a great deal of uh, my financial setbacks and stress and I and I and I own that and I put a lot into that the the financial costs of my romantic failings are are minimal compared to the lifestyle and emotional and such costs of it and that's all that's all on me and uh it's it's something I've, I've worked a great deal on and current life is nothing short of amazing rosie and i've been together for four years more than that depends how you count start off slow in any case it's it's pretty darn amazing and it's no coincidence that that financial uh health follows relationship health our our partners help us succeed in every possible way and we're we're succeeding together financially and and that's amazing uh on the topic of family I'm just going through a list of random things i wrote down here i uh, worth noting that with little charlie's birthing costs were dipping into savings we did that intentionally by design we uh, didn't want to like wait till we could afford it or or something like that or wait till we had one of us had a job that had benefits that would afford it we wanted to just have a baby and we did it and it, it, we have you know high deductible insurance and we're, we're gonna pay a lot but that's super minor in the grand scheme of things, but it's the first time I've dipped into savings since since that second divorce. Uh, yeah. Um, something a major thing I did not cover in that first round is government assistance. In the height of the COVID shutdown, I took three weeks worth of unemployment compensation, and it and it destroyed my soul to do so. Not destroyed my soul. It, 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 I didn't like doing that. I take pride, for better or for worse, in, other than those three weeks, taking no direct government assistance. I've never been on Medicaid, never taken unemployment, uh, no food stamps, nothing like that. I, I take, you know, I get a tax credit for health insurance, and that's about the extent of it. That's an indirect thing. I, I personally draw the line at, at direct government assistance. Uh, well, of course, I take the those. We got those. What they call them, stimulus checks. I get those. I don't know. It's it's muddy. A little bit muddy, but I have my own line there that I draw that I have taken pride in, and uh, I've been eligible to collect unemployment. Much of my you know, for for 
giant periods of time through my whole adult life, uh, seasonal work and such, and I just, I just don't. I, it's my choice to work seasonally, and therefore, I, uh, I can cover my, cover my expenses. I don't need the, the government dole. I can give that, give that to people who need it more. Uh, glad it's there, and I was, I was, you know, the uncertain COVID times. It was. Uh, I was glad it was there at that time too. I was able to round up other work, as we'll see. Uh, my next one of my next points. Um, but I was, like I said, I was glad. I was glad to get off of it. Glad it was there. Glad to get off of it. Glad others have access to it. I, I do wish that those who, who were choosing to work seasonally didn't didn't participate in the unemployment unemployment system quite as quite as liberally as they do but that's that's besides the point uh well no I'm, I'm making the point uh so yeah on that note well well actually not on that note at all changing the subject uh cut some hard numbers that that might help illustrate uh the situation now and in closing uh, i think this will be closing for real in closing, I wanted to just go through the some some hard numbers. I dug up tax returns for the last five years. Uh, 2017 through 2021. We're in the middle of early 2022 right now. So we filed taxes through 2021. And over those five years, the first three of them, I was single and uh, working alone. And then the, the last two are with Rosie. Uh, so, 2017, my, all these are numbers are adjusted gross income from the tax return, which I don't really know the, uh, what if there's a better number, but it's just what I happened to grab from those tax returns. 2017, $41,000. 2018 and 2019, both, almost exactly $36,000. 2020 was a banner year, quite frankly, and oddly so. What it, what the, together, we made $93,000, and much of that was my labor. Some of that is rental income we started collecting. Uh, so a few different things changed, changed, and notably, because of the COVID scare, the COVID shutdown, my scarcity mindset kicked in, and I was just gobbling up all the, all the work I could get, guiding work and freelance writing work, a much bigger chunk of our income that year was my freelance writing work. Rosie's business reached uh, reached maturity in that year and did pretty well. Um, so yeah, was, uh, did I say the number? Ninety-three thousand dollars what we made together that year uh, in in twenty twenty, and then in two thousand twenty-one things settled back to a more. I think where they'll they'll, they'll stick around seventy-two thousand dollars. Uh, again, that's rental income. That's everything. Everything included. Um, my labors, my, my my guiding, my freelance writing, rental income, Rosie's eBay business. Actually, 2022 will be quite a bit less than that because Rosie's got her business uh, on hold, and I'm working a lot less. So who knows what it'll be? But those are some hard numbers uh, that might help you paint a picture of what's possible out there of those numbers especially the the, the solo years that's almost entirely field guiding um 
these more recent years is probably you know 60% field guiding 15 to 20% freelance writing and 20 to 25% Rosie's income uh, I guess the rental is in there too anyway that's those are super ballpark figures majority of it is, is field guiding income though uh, and then another hard number that we keep track of is net worth and it's basically just a summary of our assets minus uh, debts and real estate we estimate with the Zillow estimator tool uh, retirement accounts savings accounts pretty self-evident and uh, I do know that because of that second divorce and because of the the legal proceedings around it I had to I had to figure out calculate and own what I was my net worth when we got married and so 2014 I have this number I know the number in 2014 I alone was worth twenty thousand dollars total that was my total net worth in 2014 uh, when Rosie and I got married we did the same thing and I was worth at that point like $180,000 and now with sort of insane real estate gains we're worth around $900,000 uh, obviously much of that is is investment gains all the principal came from our individual and shared uh, working wages but we've seen great investment gains and you know we're, well, we pay our bills on our on our labors and we will retire on investment gains uh, so yeah again I hope that this you know helps first of all I hope it helps someone I hope it illustrates one possible path to, to outdoor professional financial stability. We live a frugal life. I've always lived extremely frugally. I wouldn't say extremely frugally, but I live, I live within my means frugally. Uh, but I also, you know, I'm not destitute and, and have options and have ever increased resiliency uh, financially and, and I hope this paints that picture I hope it demystifies for someone what outdoor professional life can look like and I guess some part of me hopes that it, that others follow suit and we see a picture I'm, I, I suspect that if there's any sort of uh, follow up to this from other people it'll it'll be slightly biased towards those who here's I don't know let's put this out there I think there's a risk that these stories end up biased towards those who who started out with less we, we, we're, we're, we're prideful humans are prideful and we're, we want to show our work we want to show when we work hard and we, we're not as good at uh, owning our privileges and I think that serves as a, as a gatekeeping 
something, unintentionally so, but, but when we individually, collectively don't own the, the privilege that underpins these recre- sexy recreational lives, uh, there's a, there's a, the, the, the logical chain of connection here is, I can't quite spell out, I'd have a hard time articulating, but I think that guarding this information about the privileges that enable our uh, our outdoor adventurous lives serves as, as a bit of a gatekeeping aspect that, that's not real admirable. Uh, and at the same time, guarding, withholding information about how we work and how we can make a living doing this is has a, gate, a gatekeeping aspect. And, and I'm, I'm not fed into gatekeeping. And the, the, the outdoors is amazing and more people should participate. And I don't want to exaggerate the potential impact of this sort of sharing, but I don't want to diminish it either. I think there might be something here. And, and let this be an invitation to share more such stories with even greater candor and clarity. Uh, and again, like I offered in the last one, I'm happy to, to facilitate the sharing in whatever way possible. written, spoken, podcasted, blogged, whatever. I think it's a valuable uh, pattern. So, yeah, let me know what you think.